Bellator 180 is right around the corner. Bellator NYC is right around the corner. We have three championship fights. A rivalry of the decade, of the century. All of that is happening on at Bellator 180, Bellator NYC. We are here at Madison Square Garden. We have coverage all weekend long. And I'm going to turn things over right now to my buddy, Mike Goldberg, who's going to introduce the podcast. Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA on Spike. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. Welcome back to MMA FanCast. This is a special edition of MMA FanCast. As the intro said, we are live in Manhattan, New York City, the site of Bellator NYC. You can hashtag Bellator NYC. That'll be the, the, the popular hashtag as opposed to the normal Bellator 180, which it would normally be, but... This being the New York City and the first um, Bellator pay-per-view card in quite some time and only the second ever, we are here to cover that live. Welcome to MMA FanCast. My name is Ryan Middleton and ladies and gentlemen, I am proud and happy to say that I am joined by the oldest human being that has ever graced the face of this planet, ladies and gentlemen, the flexing sensation, Jim Sahara Mooney. Yeah, what's up? What's up, what's up? And now excuse me, because I have to cough, and that's not good to do at the beginning of a program, but I think I'm going to, uh, you know, it's just gonna, it's something that needs to happen, ultimately. So let me just do that now. <coughs> Sahara, how are you feeling, my brother? It's been a while. Yeah, we know. I mean, we, my listeners, our listeners, have been... I've gotten a couple emails, and they're wondering where Sahara is. I've um, had a few stints in and out of the hospital at the uh, old age home. I was on hospice for a while. Okay, well, anyway, um, we, we are... <laughs> that's enough uh, of that. We, you were able to come to New York City. I'm here. And they don't have like a, a maximum age requirement to enter into the city, obviously. Because, because you are here. We, uh, we got here uh, early morning, Thursday morning. We are recording this now at, at, on Friday afternoon. And uh, we, we were here for the... The press conference yesterday. No, hold on. Before we get to that, I've got a huge shout out. Come on, huge Big shout out to Megabus, Megabus.com, and in particular Joe the Bouncer, who is also a bus driver for Megabus. This guy is fantastic. There's only a lot of sarcasm involved there. 
Last time we um, we took uh, the trip to New York was for uh, UFC 205, and um, this year uh, this and we drove this, and we drove we drove we drove and uh, parked here and all that stuff. So I was talking to a buddy, and he said, "Why don't you look into getting a mega bus? Take the mega bus, and that way you don't have to drive." We looked at the pricing, and like, yeah, it was great. We were all excited. Like, we don't have to drive. We totally can... makes sense. Makes total sense. So we got into the mega bus, and it's really we we even got the the special seating with the table in front of you, so we can do some work and have a laptop out and all of that stuff. And it ended up not being the best situation in the world. I'd say over... I would do it again. Um, but knowing what we we experienced, I'd make some... I'd, I'd be prepared better. I would take a pillow to be more comfortable. The guy across from me, he, he like acted as Stretch. if... Stretch? Yes. He acted as if... The underneath the table, like it just disappeared, and there was just like tons of space there. He was like forceful in being all up in my space. He started kicking me towards the end after you said something to me. I, then yeah. I started getting kicked. So, you know, the table, the table seats on this mega bus is a table like a narrow, maybe fourteen inch tabletop, and the seats are close enough that you know you're bumping knees. There's not a whole lot of space under this table. You, you are literally bumping so, knees. So you're, you're, there are people on the other side of the table facing you, and you are literally bumping knees with them. You had a, a female on your... So you were kind of lucky, but I had two guys on my side, and it was not a not very pleasant. But we got here, so very little sleep occurred on the mega bus. We got here Thursday morning at about 20 to 8, went and... Uh, what did we do first? Had some breakfast? We did. Well, uh, we went to the hotel, uh-huh. dropped our bags off, got yep. some breakfast. But we were thankful, number one, that we arrived because that meant we didn't get kicked off the bus. By the Nazi driver? Joe was... I can't say that he was in rare form because at our at our second stop, he was the same as when we got on, yelling at people and... Accusing them of trying to be stowaways and that it's a uh, very a odd crime. It was act- he acted as if he wasn't like just a bus driver. No, he acted as if they weren't like a business that like we were his customers, and like instead he acted like we were prisoners. A very odd. Um, yeah. The, uh, anyway, we're here. We're safe. We made it. And want to talk to you about more important stuff like MMA, like getting ready for Bellator and NYC. I was almost going to say 180, but yeah. I got to remember that the hashtag for this is Bellator NYC. This is going to be a legendary card. I, I agree, and it was a pretty good press conference yesterday. Uh, this was your first press conference as a media member. Yes, and. Um, what, so what did you think? What was your uh, thoughts on the on the press conference? Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect, um, but it was just you know regular guys and girls. Uh, nobody seemed to be like unapproachable. 
Everybody was mingling, talking, talking, and you could see that there were people that were familiar with each other, having done this before. And I remember when we went in to the press conference, you had gotten your um, your badge, your your band before me because there was a big line, and they took your group in first. So when I came in, I was like three or four people from the front, but then of the there was, second group of the second group, yeah, and. Those people stalled just as we got into the room. And I could only see to the left of me, and I didn't see anybody over there. And then I saw a few in the corner. I'm looking. I didn't see you. And then I turned to the right, and that's where the room is extended, elongated, and I could see the stage up there. I still couldn't see you, so I finally squeezed through, got past all of them. Then I saw you all the way up front. The, the very front row. Very front row. And I'm thinking, wait a second. We're new to this. We can't sit in the front. Oh, but we can. And we did. Octagon 24-7 and MMA FanCast were front and center at the press conference. And today, we had the actual, the real weigh-ins that occur... In the morning, and where did where's Octagon twenty four seven and MMA Fancast for that? I'm gonna say front and center again. Front and center, baby. The only way to do it. And so we sat in the front and center and enjoyed our our time there. Um, got great pictures. Uh, we're gonna post a ton of pictures. Uh, Octagon twenty four seven dot com is where those will all be housed. We'll put up a, a... Well, there's some pictures on there now. We're going to get more up as the day goes and as our time here goes. So we'll get more pictures uploaded to the site and have a, even a photo gallery that uh, a posts with just photos. Um, and we'll also put them on the Facebook page. So like Octagon 24-7's Facebook page. And we, we've put stuff on Twitter as well, so go there. Also, while you're at it, now's the time to just pause the podcast Go on to uh, the podcast app or whatever you're listening to. Subscribe, like, and subscribe to the podcast at this time. Um, this is, you know, what keeps us going is getting your feedback and getting those subscriptions, getting those downloads, and having you, our listeners, listening. And that affords us to be able to come here and provide this coverage to you. Um, one thing I wanted to say this is just going to be a little side note or a footnote, but I think. There is some significance to it, historical significance, for uh, a couple reasons. One, um, this said before, this is a legend. This is going to end up being a legendary card, one that people are going to look back on and say, "Did you see this? You need to see it." Um, and then two, um, the scale that they used was the scale from uh, Muhammad Ali. And Frazier, when they fought, that was the same scale. How Scott Coker or, I don't know if it was uh, Kevin Kay from Spike, that was able to get a hold of this or came from um, from NYSEC. You'd think it would be in the Boxing Hall of Fame yeah. or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it is a legendary card. Um, and as a matter of fact, at the press conference... Um, 
there were some things said, but you mentioned Kevin K, who's the president of Spike, uh, which actually Spike, I, I don't know if a lot of our a lot of people know this, but Spike Television is going to be be changing names in 2018. It's going to be uh, uh, under a different name, and I the name escapes me right now. But um, you, you know it. I got a cough. No. Oh, okay. Go ahead and cough. <laughs> <laughs> um, he gave me a look like, oh, and I thought he knew something, but it obviously he doesn't know much. Um, so we have. Uh, uh, the the Kevin K, who's the president of Spike, and he's up there talking, and it was very clear that there were some some pokes and some jabs at the UFC, and throughout the press conference there were pokes and jabs. Yeah, there were a couple at the UFC, so you can read about that at um, on the uh, the website. There's an article about those pokes and jabs and. How you know are they? Is this a the point in the process that they're saying, "Hey, we're ready to go to battle with the UFC for supremacy"? You think back, you know, Dan Altieri will sure love this reference, but you think back to the Monday Night Wars with WWE versus WCW, and they were on level playing field for quite some time. And actually, WCW, who was traditionally not the power player, overtook WWE for some time. So is this Bellator saying, hey, we're ready to go to battle? And actually, we got to spend some time with Scott Coker, um, and we asked him that question right after the presser, and we'll go to that right now. Octagon 24-7 is here live in New York City. I'm here with the president of Bellator MMA, Scott Coker. Time's finally here. How are you feeling? I feel excited, man. I'm ready. I'm, I, I'm not fighting, so I don't, you know, it's, it's, the, the, it's a little bit different for me, but we've worked really hard for the last five months getting to this point, and to have it, you know, a couple days away, it just feels surreal to me. I mean, you know, if you were to ask me three years ago when I came into Bellator, we're going to be at Madison Square Garden with this big pay-per-view fight with all these legends and amazing fighters, you know, I, I would have never believed it. And, and in fact, I was talking to Kevin Kay earlier today, uh, and I said, Kevin, did you, could you, would you imagine, what if I told you, you know, back then three years ago, that uh, we're going to be at the garden and put on the screen? He goes, I would have never believed it. Yeah. And here we are, and I just think it's a testament to the great staff we have, the hard work we've all put in, and, you know, the power of Viacom. I mean, you know, you have one of the biggest media conglomerates on the planet saying, we love MMA and we're going to support you, and, and just go do it, man. And, and it's, been, it's been a great, great feeling. That's great. So, so with only a couple days left from a promoter's standpoint and from the president of the company, is, is it still... 100% full full go, or do you you kind of get to ease back a little bit? Now? Oh, you're talking about between now and the is, fight. Is your workload, is is the bulk of it done, or are you still at 100% full force? No, because, you know, uh, this is a big, big car. There's a lot of pieces, a lot of different pieces to this fight car because of pay-per-view, and then, you know, we're doing like two fights in one night kind of thing. And, yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, moving pieces still, and, you know, we just got to go and stay on top of that, which we are, and... and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to be a fan that night on the, on the night of the fight. I'm going to sit down. I got the best thing in the house, and I'm just going to I'm just going to kick back and put my feet up on the cage. And, no, no, I'm not going to put my feet. <laughs> but I'm just going to enjoy myself and and really just relax and and uh, and watch the fights and be and be a fan for the night. Yeah, that's great. 
So you have talked about there being different phases in the Bellator plan, mm -hmm. and yep. and so something I heard today that I hadn't really heard a whole lot of previous, there seemed to be some intentional jabs at the competition. And so is this the phase where Bellator is declaring war on the UFC <laughs> and ready to go toe-to-toe? -to -toe? Well, no, listen, we have our own league, you know, and we're doing our own thing. And, and to me, I don't, you know, that's you know, whoever, you know, I think Kevin was saying something about the boxer. But, you know, hey, you know, Kevin is a guy that brought, that saved MMA as far as I'm concerned. He can say whatever he wants. Uh, and, you know, but to me, it's like, look, they're doing their thing, we're doing our thing. And I think we're doing a good job doing what we're doing. You uh, have a great card. We're really looking forward to it. Thank you for this time. Yeah, thank you. And uh, have a great night. Enjoy yourself on Saturday night. I'm going to enjoy myself. It's gonna, it's, I'm going to just sit down and watch it as a fan. It's going to yeah, be fun. That's great. God bless you. Thanks a lot. So there you have it. Scott Coker and uh, myself were... Uh, Palling it up, chumming it up. What do you think? You guys are buds now. Well, I mean, he's he, very approachable. He's a, he's a great guy, right? Uh -huh. um, and you know what? For the most part, everybody that we've encountered on UFC side and now Bellator, same way. And I don't know if it's something about the MMA community um, where these guys come from humble lifestyles that they are approachable like that, but we've encountered that across the board. And well, when we met Dana, we met him as strictly as fans. We weren't um, a part of the media right. at that time. So give ourselves a chance to, you know, Dana's a, kind of uh, has had a tumultuous relationship at times with the media. So who knows, maybe we could upset him at some point. Well, I mean, I've already upset Hoist Gracie. I made him feel old. You did, yeah. Yeah, he, so. he, he did say that. I, I did talk to him uh, yesterday at the after the press conference and and apologized again for. You can check out that that interview from Bellator one seventy eight on the YouTube channel of Octagon twenty four seven, and uh, yeah. So so I feel like even though he denied it, denied that these intentional jabs um i'm trying to think of what he exactly he said that was a jab i feel like there was a jab from coker too yeah i thought there was something that he said also that was along those same lines and then there was also mitrione during mm -hmm. the during the um uh, press during conference he said after come sunday morning bellator is now Number the one. the number one and the and the leader in MMA and I mean agree with him or not I mean I think it's clear that that's a little uh, far stretching. However, um, the gap is narrowing, and I think that it's they're bringing the right guys over. There, there there's a good combination in Bellator right now of the names that can get uh, the the mid level fans over. To watch, uh, you're getting your Chael Sonnens, your Fedors, your your um, uh, Lorenz Larkin, your guys that people will recognize their names from the UFC, and they have a lot of younger talent, homegrown talent. Um, that combination, I think, is what's going to be key for them. But they, at some point, the homegrown talent has to 
be the attraction. And so finding a way, and that's what the problem that you know WCW had in the same kind of scenario was WCW was relying solely on the talent that came over, and they weren't developing their own guys. And uh, the the WWE continued developing guys and overtook them again. Um, something now, I I think eventually it'll happen, and I'm not mentioning this to get really into a discussion about it, but I think somewhere down the line we will see the UFC and Bellator do a like a joint um, bout where they'll pit their fighters against each other not to unify any belts like boxing has done you know where they've got like 10 12 different title holders all in one division but what i like with what's happening now is they're drawing talent from the ufc established talent that's moving over to bellator and You're referring to Rory McDonald. Yeah. You're referring to Lorenz Larkin. Larkin You're Phil Davis, Vader. Yeah, so guys that aren't necessarily past their... No, you look at Vonderlei, you look at Chell. Those are guys that saw their prime and it's behind them. But however, when you're looking at your McDonald's and Larkins, and these are younger guys that are making a choice for Bellator. And Larkin even, I mean, he used to fight in, in Strikeforce, I think. So he has familiarity with Scott Coker. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't see it ever becoming one where there's just one huge sports league, one combat sports league. Uh, but with Bellator now getting on the same uh, level as UFC, it's going to have that talk again where years ago, and I shouldn't say years ago because we're going to be seeing him tomorrow night, but when Fedor was considered unbeatable, you know, and who, who would have thought that somebody could knock him off his throne, dethrone this guy? Because that was the talk for years with him. You know, and there was a mystique about him being from Russia, didn't speak English, and... That mystique still exists. It still exists. The, the, so, just sitting only feet from Fedor, we he were... He was right in front of us. I mean, he was literally set six feet away from us. The mystique is real. And he is stoic. As a matter of fact, I was really excited because I did get a picture of him smiling. But um, the mystique is completely there. He is a very... Uh, he's a cool cat. <laughs> he's, um, so, so just to finish what yeah. I was saying, um, I, I, I really like what's happening because now Bellator is going to have these, um, these contenders and these champs in the comparative weight divisions, and it'll get that conversation going again with... You know, can the UFC champ at 155 take on and take out Bellator's 155? And it's just going to spur on competition on both sides of that fence and build up each organization, which is going to be better for us, better for the fans. Yeah, well, competition brings out the best um, in in everyone. And over the long run... 
that competition forces each other to step up their game. And when when you don't have that competition, you get you get lazy. Yeah. How do you? And then each each league is going to have to do something to try and separate themselves. Go ahead. You can cough again there. <coughs> we uh, <laughs> we got a little New York City cough in us here today. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the opportunity not only to speak with Sp- Scott Coker, but Fedor Emelianenko's opponent, Matt Mitrione. We had a chance to speak with him as well. And here's that interview. Octagon247.com is live here in New York City, Manhattan, the the place where Matt Mitrione, who's here with me, is going to face the legend Fedor Emelianenko. How are you feeling, Matt? I feel tickled. I'm happy to be here. It's great. It's a great opportunity. This Look how big this crowd is for a Bellator event. It's great, man. Fantastic. Yeah. So something I heard today was kind of the first I'd really heard um, is it sounded like Bellator is declaring war on the UFC. Is that, that kind of what you feel? They're, they're, they're ready to kind of take that next step to really compete? I, I, I would agree that they're ready to take that next step. I think that's what they've aggressively been doing. But if you think about it, that's what Scott Coker did with Strikeforce. Mm-hmm. Strikeforce slowly and quietly became such a major competitor against, against UFC. They had, to, they, had to, they had to acquire them. Uh, and I think that's what Bellator does now. I think that's what Mr. Coker does. He's he's very unassuming. He's very slow to move, but he's extremely efficient in everything he does. Yeah. And uh, and like I said, on Sunday morning, we're the leader in the industry right now. On Sunday morning after this event, on June 25th, we're the industry leader. So we we've longtime MMA fans. There's there's those cards you get very excited about. This being one of them. Yeah. And sometimes those cards end up being a little bit disappointing. Right on. How do we know that this isn't a card? Sell this to the, the fans. What is going to be unique about this card and how is it going to pull through all the hype uh, and live up to that hype? Well, you know, uh, that's, that's really interesting because I don't really... Since I'm so involved in it, I don't know if the hype is just because I see it or if there's if it's actually that much hype and excitement over the card. There is. Okay, well, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, so my answer is there's too much talent on the card. And there's another thing, too. We, almost all of us, get paid a flat rate now. We don't get show and wins. So there's nothing to lose by fighting your ass off. Mm-hmm. You don't have to fight safe in order to get your other check, in order to make sure you pay your mortgage or put something away. You don't have to do that. Yeah. So you can go, if you get a flat rate, you just go bust your balls because it doesn't matter, baby. You're still walking over with that same paycheck. Yeah. So that's the reason why. That's why what Mr. Coker does. That's why everybody wants to fight for Mr. Coker because what he does makes our lives easier. That's great. So are you a, are you a pro wrestling fan? No. Not at all. But I, I'm friends with a lot of pro wrestlers. Okay, okay. So I so, saw, I was in a grappling, I was grappling with Coach Neil uh, Melanson in Vegas. And his roommate used to be Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan showed up, and a friend of mine from Indianapolis was in uh, Vegas on his birthday. And he hit me up in the morning. He's like, hey, what are you going to do today, blah, blah. I was like, well, I'm going to go train at, at, at Randy's. He's like, okay, so I'm going to meet you there. I was like, all right, right on, man. Yeah. So he shows up. I'm working with Coach Neil. My dude, his name's Dominic. Hi, Dom. I'm going to throw you under the bus. He goes grapples with Daniel, Daniel Bryan. All right, or da- Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson. Right. So he, he's grappling with him. Coach Neil and I get done doing something, and we're sitting up, we're talking about whatever, and we look over. And Dom got caught in a Boston crab 
in the middle of an actual grappling match. <laughs> like they were actually grappling and he's sitting over him like Boston crabbing him and Dom's like, ah! And it was his birthday. That's there great. you go, Dom. Dom Desenzo, find him on Twitter. Ah. So if I, even though you're not a pro wrestling fan, would you be able to give a pro wrestling type promo Ooh. to sell Bellator 180 to the fans watching. Would you be able to do that? You, know, I'll tell you, you can what. use a macho man voice, see, do whatever you want. I'm really conflicted because I really want to do like the tripped out wandering uh, Ultimate Warrior kind of concept. Um, and that wouldn't go too far. Uh, or I could do like a freak out over the top like Ric Flair or a, a macho man. Well, when you or, said or tripped like, out monsoon, yeah. kind of like George Animal Steel, kind of just like freak out and start it, eating this it's, thing. It's yours. Go I could do it. But I just don't think I, I, I couldn't live it up. So I'm just so. going to be like, hey. I'm extremely handsome and awesome athletically. Just watch it, baby. Buy it at home so I get paid for it. That's all. Help me pay my bills. Because that keeps me out of the poor house, which in turn keeps me out of your house. Matt Modest Mitrione here. Meathead. Mitrion. Thanks so much for your Thank interview. You. Appreciate it, man. Thanks Take a lot, care, man. brother. Good luck on Saturday night. On behalf of MMA FanCast and Octagon 24-7, we're here all week long. Join us. So there you have it. Matt Mitrione with yours truly. Uh, good guy, a very very social guy, and uh, really easy to talk to, honestly. Hey, he came across that way for me, just seeing him up there uh, for the press conference, and there was no change once he was down below with us and mingling with people and and during that interview, and then afterwards he was he was cordial and easy to to approach. So we we got to spend time with him and mingle with him. Obviously, we listened to Scott Coker earlier. We we over overheard some other interviews that um, that took place after the uh, after the press conference, and um, yeah, so that was that was our first uh, real uh, press conference that we were together and a part of the press and uh, first big time press conference. Correct. Um, I mean, we've gone to press conferences before as fans, um, but this was the first one that we were a part of the media uh, together. So mm-hmm. it was a good experience. Uh, really good people here at the work for Bellator and their promotional company, um, and you know, really enjoyed it. Agree? I agree one hundred percent. So today. Um, we woke up and had this, the, uh, the official weigh-ins were at 9 a.m. right here at the Wyndham, New Yorker, and, um, that was, uh, there were some awkward moments there. Uh, what's awkward this? to say the least. This, De Silva, what's his first name? Sergio? Sergio De Sergio Silva. Sergio De Silva. If you haven't seen it yet, you can go, um... And see it online uh, on the Octagon 24-7 YouTube page. We'll, we'll upload that video as well. Along with, check out the other videos. There's some good, the, the full videos that, that we p- just played you. Um, of the interviews with Scott Coker and Matt Mitrione. There's some other interviews in there. There's some other f- good footage uh, that we got. And we're uploading more as we speak. With uh, you know the internet connection here, um, we can only upload so much at one time. But we're we're working through all that stuff, so we'll have lots of content for you guys uploaded for tomorrow, 
uh, or Sun or Saturday rather, uh, prior to watching this pay per view tomorrow, um, hit up our YouTube page, check out all the videos, hit up the website as too as well. We're gonna have video or uh, all the photos we've been taking. We've been we've gotten some great shots, some great stuff. Check out. We're gonna put a photo gallery in there on there tonight. And uh, we've got a lot of work ahead of us after we finish this podcast. But we'll get all that up for you as much as we can tonight. Uh, so wh- what did you think of the, the, the actual weigh-ins? Well, the, the official or the ceremonial? The, cerem- uh, the, the official weigh-ins that we went to this morning. Um, Low-key is, is, is what I thought. I wasn't sure what to expect because... Our first experience was at 203 in Cleveland. Um, we were around the corner from it. Seemed the same way now, you know, my recollection of, of what we witnessed there. But it was, it was low-key. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that really stood out was Sergio De Silva. And what I kept watching was him stepping up onto the scale and how he he would not put his left foot on the scale. Yeah. So that right there, two things gave it away that he was not going to make weight. Number one, he came down with the towel, so I knew he was, you know, going all the way down. He was getting naked. Yeah. Um, and then when he was attempting to stand on the scale... And the officials are telling them, both feet, both feet, step up on the scale. And they got to the point where, you know, they said, look, step off, take a deep breath, and let's do this again. And it, w- it wasn't even close. Close is a relative term because, I mean, you know, he was, what, two well, and a half pounds over, right? No. Oh, no, that's right. He was at, that was a 130. That was that's a 130 right. catch weight. He's supposed to make 125. Is his weight class? Uh, that was, so right from right off the bat, that was, was one thirty catch weight. Catch weight. So I wonder if there was some talk between camps, and he said, yes, this is that's where, why. That's why. That's why the fight's going on." Well, that's why the other fighter didn't weigh in until a while later, because he was rehydrating. Uh, makes sense because. When in New was, York State, you have to be within a certain weight limit depending on your weight class. So, for if you're for 125 pounders, you have to you have to be within four pounds, and 155 pounders, you have to be within seven pounds. So they have weight class groupings, and and then they have what you have to be uh, uh, within to be able to fight. So someone. In the, uh, I mean, I'm assuming that's other than heavyweight. Someone that's 135 pounds um, can't fight someone who's 154. You know, yeah. you know. You know, we ta- we've talked about this a number of times, um, and really got into a a big discussion about it when uh, at 205 we had a fighter that didn't even show. Was it 205? He didn't even show up for uh it was that was Kelvin Gastel. Yeah. Yeah. And you know there was a lot of uh negative negative comments being thrown at him and rightly so. Because 
you're you're taking a, you know possible money more money on the table that could be available for your opponent there's no chance of him getting that none whatsoever yeah when you can't even make weight you don't even show up and you, well he didn't give him the heads up right. either because if you if you're giving the heads up so the Silva obviously gave the heads up, so his opponent knew not to go at nine o'clock and weigh in. You have from like nine to eleven to show up for weigh-ins. He uh, he he must have contacted him and said, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm there's uh, weight's not looking good at this point, so don't show up at nine. Wait until I weigh in, and uh, and that's really what what happened. Essentially." You're seven and a half pounds over. You gave up. That's yeah. You gave up on making weight. If you're, I'll say, if you're like a half a pound over, you're a pound over. You know, it's the tragic thing. But the tragic thing is that no one's getting fined out of this. They they changed it to a hundred and thirty-seven point six pound catch weight. One thirty-six. No, one thirty-seven point six. Well, what did he come in at? 137.6. Ah, see, I thought they went a pound under for him, and then there was the four-pound difference between the fighters. Because didn't... Uh... No, they made it a 137.6-pound okay. catch weight. And so no, they changed the, the, the thing, and so nobody's getting fined. He's not facing a fine. I don't like that. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. I, I think there has to be setting a precedent correct. for... Well, he Camps didn't have working to pay together. You know, and who's to say, you know, down the road that, you know, camps on the sly work together instead of, you know, trying to hit 145, they say, well, you know, let's do a catch weight bout at 153. Yeah. Um, before, so then we had the... Um, the actual, the ceremonial weigh-ins tonight, and uh, those went through pretty flawlessly. Um, there were no real controversial moments. They announced all of the the weights. Um, quite a few people missed weight. The, it wasn't a good uh, a good. Uh, there were an a lightweight match that's going to open the whole card up. Bradley Desir. Weight uh, in a lightweight bout weighed one sixty point six. Um, obviously the one we just spoke about, where Sergio De Silva weighed one thirty seven point six in a hundred and thirty pound catchweight fight. Uh, we had another lightweight fight, Jeremy Mickle, Jerome Mickle, versus Anthony uh, Giacchina, and. Anthony Giacchina came in at 157.4, so he missed weight. We had the women both made weight. That made weight. Made weight. Made weight. Um, I'm seeing... I felt like there was one more. Nope, there's no more. So there were a couple couple fighters that didn't make weight. Okay, then here's my question for those situations. Because they're the same officials. It's NYSEC, New York State... Athletic Commission, um, and when this happened with two hundred five, was it was it just the one fight that 
Kelvin Gast. I thought there was only one, one was canceled. Yeah. I mean, other fighters missed weight, but only uh, only that one was taken mm. off the card, and that's because he didn't even show up. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's scrap that. And so, okay, we're gonna do uh, our picks for the fights, but before we do that, there's a couple other MMA notes we want to talk about, um, and we're just really gonna gonna touch on a couple things here. Jermaine uh, Durandamy was stripped of the featherweight title by the UFC. Uh, the UFC wanted her to face off against Chris Cyborg. And um, she refused. And so she has been stripped of the title. Uh, your thoughts? They did the right thing. You can't, you know, turn away from competition. If you want to be the champ, you got to go out there and say, this wasn't a fluke, and I'm going to take on all challengers. Anybody that you put in front of me, I think my skills are high enough, at a high enough level that I can compete yeah. against anybody. She has said that she thinks that Chris Cyborg's a proven cheater and that she's not worthy of getting in the ring with her. Um, I tend to um, not be a fan of Chris Cyborg. And if you want to call yourself the champion, if someone's eligible to fight you, you fight them. You didn't hear any champions in, you know... There have been plenty of people who got busted for uh, performance-enhancing drugs that have gotten title shots since, and no one's de- no champions declining uh, to fight them. I I get not wanting to, but if <laughs> you can't be a champion and declining to take on um, someone who's willing to take the drug testing. The same drug testing you're going to take leading into the fight. Yeah. You know, I heard somebody once say, when asked about that, and if if that was ever a part of their training regimen, anything that they would use, and his response was something along the lines of, he's clean-ish, and that... You know, that... I mean, he was joking around. We're talking about Chell. Yeah. Of course. Ch- Chell Sonnen at the... I'm going to fill him in. If you didn't watch the press conference, Chell Sonnen... Um, someone... Uh, a reporter asked him something to the effect of, you know, your last fight being canceled. And I don't remember exactly what he asked him, but he was alluding to, like, both fighters being clean now and going through the rigorous drug testing. And uh, Chell said, well... You know, I I think I... I don't know that that's a fair question. I don't know that I can really answer that. I don't think I should be judged normally. I mean, it should be like on, yeah. a, on a scale. Like, yeah, I'm clean-ish. And obviously, uh, <laughs> Chael's going and, and creating controversy and and loving it. Uh, so that's the... That's the, the comment you're alluding to um so yeah i agree uh with stripping her the belt everyone wants to see cyborg you knew when you fought for that for that belt you were gonna have to face cyborg if you won it and now that you're not willing to face cyborg uh, 
I, I think that tarnishes your legacy worse than if you were to lose to Cyborg. I think Duran to me. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't. Uh, me personally, she won a vacant belt. That vacant. Well, they created uh, the created a division. Yeah. So so she never defended it. She just won a match. Right. She she never defended it. So I don't even really honestly consider her um, to have ever been a champion because she won a match and never defended. And and and, and I think she lost the, the match. Either the match before that or the match, two matches before that. I think she lost the match. So, I I just see her as a person that won a fight. It happened to be yeah. for a for a title. Um, another, another thing I wanted to talk about is uh, obviously you know the big news in MMA right now and in boxing is the Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor fight, and Scott Coker uh, said, and uh, you know I wish I would have asked him about this. Uh, when I, when when we spoke with him, but he said um, that you're putting Conor McGregor in harm's way in the Floyd Mayweather fight. Um, as a fellow fight promoter, rival Scott Coker disagrees. According to Bellator CEO. Uh, there actually could be long-term repercussions that could affect the UFC's biggest superstar. And here's the quote uh, that he gave, that Scott Coker gave to MMA Fighting. He said, obviously it's going to uh, be a big money maker for everybody, and that's why they're doing it, but you're putting your fighter in harm's way. So what's the long-term impact on that? I'm not sure, but I'll tell you this. It's, it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um, so... It's. I, I don't know that. Uh, I think it's obviously Coker would make the same decision if he had the chance. There's just too much money to be made by everyone. Um. I. I can't disagree with that. Yeah. Because. Even right though you from want the to. Start. Well, no, I. I don't. I was. Just, I was trying to think of how I could say that, but there's no other way than just. I. I don't disagree with it. Dana White, right from the start, said it ain't happening when there were initial talks of McGregor and Mayweather. He said it ain't happening. Well, he said that in part because, hey, we have the fighting rights. He can't just go and fight in a boxing mm-hmm. match. Like, that's what I think he's referring to. Sure. Um, and, you know, we're not going to get into this too much just because... This is really about uh, Bellator mm-hmm. NYC, and we got plenty of podcasts coming up between now and and August twenty fourth, twenty sixth, twenty sixth, June twenty fourth is what I what was on my mind. That's why twenty fourth. Yeah, well, and I knew it was the twenty sixth so quickly because that is my youngest son's birthday. Well, happy so birthday! He, the birthday present he's going to get is he gets to watch on his fourth birthday. He gets to watch. Uh, Mayweather. Caden's gonna be four. Caden will be oh four. Oh my goodness! Yeah, four already. He's old enough to wrestle. Wow. He's gonna wrestle. I feel like he was just born. Yes. Yeah, I do too. Um. So yeah, that's why I knew it was uh, August twenty sixth. Four years old. Um. Yeah. But you were saying that. Uh, 
you weren't going to get too far into it, but... Yeah, it was just, you know, because there's so many things that we could talk about it. But, um... With, with Scott Coker, he came up after, uh, what was it, Kevin K? Kevin K made the, uh, Kevin K is the president of Spike, CEO of Spike, Spike TV. He made the comment about no boxers being up on stage, so that was a jab. Um, and then I, I don't remember or recall exactly what it was, but I thought Scott Coker had his own dig. That there was something alluding to the same idea. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, and without rewatching it yet, yeah. uh, because there's just been so much going on the last couple of days, um, without rewatching it, I can't remember exactly what he said, but I do feel like he made a comment that was kind of a dig at the UFC. And, you know, you can read on Octagon247.com my thoughts on, you know, what was Bellator trying to say? What was what were Spike and Bellator trying to say uh, with some of their comments? Some of the comments were direct jabs, direct digs at the UFC. And I wrote an article, and you can read it on Octagon 24-7 um, and, and see what... Respond with your thoughts. Uh, we'd love to hear your opinion on that. But I definitely felt like there was something to it. And obviously... I asked, I asked both Matt Mitrione and Scott Coker that question. They both kind of backtracked a little bit, but I think the writing is on the wall that they want to be right up there with the UFC. Oh, man, if, if, uh, if Bellator had somebody on McGregor's level, first of all, if they had a McGregor personality, Bellator would already be... They wouldn't be waiting for Sunday morning to be number one. It would it would be going back and forth one A one B, and this discussion. Who's better, Bellator or UFC? And right now, that's not to talk. But yeah, uh, the only talk there is is Bellator is closing the gap. Oh, the gap has certainly uh, gotten smaller. But UFC is is a powerhouse, and they're they're not they're they're willing to fight. And if you want to pick on them, they'll go toe to toe with you and not back down one bit. Uh, so I believe this is the twenty fifth year for the UFC. Yeah, um, maybe yeah, yeah. yeah. Twenty five years ago, wow. Mm-hmm. So, just to finish up on this, I think if Bellator had somebody like that and Mayweather was, you know, throwing jabs back and forth in the media, Coker and everybody else would be all over it because of all the fans that that would be attracted to that one event, that sideshow, that... Circus event, whatever you want to call it. And anything that's going to make money, to them, is going to make sense. Well, yep. And, I I mean, I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm ready to do picks. Let's what do you it. think? Well, let's do... Um, 
Let's start with the headliner on the prelim card, which is Ryan Couture versus Haim Gonzala, Gonzali. Um, who I actually, <laughs> this is cool. I don't feel bad for mispronouncing a name because Jimmy Smith tonight at the ceremonial weigh-ins mispronounced Haim Gonzali's name. And so I mispronounce names left, right, and center. You. Me. I don't. It's true. Maybe. No, no it is I, it's true. not really. No, it is. It no. is. Oh, is it? Wait, no, it's not. Is it? It is. I thought it was. I don't know. Anyway, Ryan Couture and Haim Gonzali. We're going to start there. Uh, they both weighed in about a, a pound under the 170-pound weight limit. What are your thoughts? I'm going with uh, Gonzali. Okay. I, uh, Couture, I, I, he just he doesn't have his father's pedigree. Yeah. And maybe he'll be a late bloomer like his father, uh, but I don't think he's there right now. He's ten and five. I think his record is. Um, he just doesn't have a lot of consistency, and and maybe this stage is going to be too big for him. That he's just not ready for the limelight. How does he win the fight, or how does Haim win the fight? I'm going to say KO, TKO. Um, I'll go with first round. All right. Um, I'm going to pick Ryan Couture with a decision win. All right. So moving on to the next fight this will take us to the so there's the bellator 180 card which is basically the card that's on spike tv it's a four fight card and what they're calling the bellator nyc card is the pay-per-view portion of the card which is on obviously pay-per-view so the online starts at 6 p.m is it six? It's six p.m. It was five thirty. Maybe. Well, so if if you want to watch Ryan Couture, you want to watch Jerome Mickle and and all of those guys, Nate Greb and Sergio da Silva. See why he was so heavy for his fight, uh, for his weigh in, um, and and Hugh McKenna and all those guys. That'll be on Bellator.com. You can see it. Watch all those fights. It's either starting at 5.30 or 6 o'clock. Check spike.com or bellator.spike.com for uh, that start time. Uh, the Spike TV portion of the card starts at 8 p.m. And there to lead that card off will be Heather Hardy, who is a great prospect, a 20-0 boxer. And uh, she will be facing Alex Alice Yeager. What are your thoughts? I'm going to go with... Hardy. I'll go with Hardy first round knockout. Yeah. I do not just looking at I just looking at Alice Yeager, it didn't look like those two belonged in the same uh the same place. Yeah. Either, so, either by uh kicks or punches. Yeah, I by however she wants to. I'm gonna say punches just because she's a boxer. I'm mm-hmm. sure she's learning kicks and kickboxing, but uh but I think that I don't think she'll need it. Uh, next, we have some welterweights going to battle. Naaman Gracie, uh, a member of the Gracie family. If you've never heard of them, I'm surprised you've you're, you've found this podcast. Uh, Naaman will be going against Dave Marfone. 
uh, who looked very, his physique looked very, very good. Rugged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one's a tough one to call, but uh, I'm going to go with Gracie on this one. I think Gracie looked a lot bigger tonight. Um, after the, you know, seeing him at the ceremonial mm-hmm. weigh-ins, it's been, uh, it was a difference of maybe uh, 10 o'clock, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, 9 hours later, uh, he looked big. He looked a lot bigger. And with the pedigree he has, i got to believe that he's going to get a choke in the second round. Um, RNC? Is that what you're calling? Um, I'm going to go for a guillotine. Guillotine? Guillotine. I was thinking choke also. I'm going to say rear naked uh, third. All right. The next bout is a featherweight clash. We have James Gallagher, who got the biggest pop tonight that wasn't Vanderlei Silva mm-hmm. or Fedor. So James Gallagher, the Irishman. Gallagher. Sure, God bless you. Versus Chinzo Machida. The older brother of Loyota Machida. Who's five and two, and uh, I think no. Is he? Am I making that up? No, he has more. No, I think he's five and two. Uh, Going by memory is not always a good thing, but I was trying to, and I'm gonna check that out while Jim assesses, starts giving us his thoughts. I am not going with Big Brother Machida. You're going with James Gallagher. I am. And I'm going to say fists. A flurry of fists. The round, I'm not sure, but I'm thinking that he may come in fast. And, well, see, this is his UFC, or UFC. Um, I'm thinking Connor, because he's Irish, and that's why he got that big round of applause. Heavy Irish. In the crowd. This is his Bellator debut, isn't it? Um, maybe. I, I think it, it is. is. Um, so I'm going to... No, it's not. No, it's not. Are you sure? Yeah, because he has beef with people in Bellator already. He is 6-0, uh, and oh, and he has fought... Um, yeah, he, it's not his Bellator debut. Okay. Well, anywho, I'm going with him, and I'm going to say we'll go with uh, first round. He fought, um, I can't, oh, at Bellator 173, and then prior to that, sorry, I'm trying to do this quickly, he fought Anthony Taylor, and that was at Bellator 169. So, yeah, he, he's not a Bellator He's he's six and zero, and he's twenty years old, and he got a huge pop. What was your pick, Gallagher? First round TKO or knockout? Okay, I'm going to say that the hype gets t- 
toned down a little bit. And I'm going to actually mm. take Chinzo with a... I think he's going to submit him in the first round with... Um, but, uh, I'm going to go with an, uh, uh, a triangle choke. So you think youth is going to get in the way? I think he's going to be too aggressive and he may get in a flurry and, and, and get Machida on his back and Machida is going to show him what a jiu-jitsu black so, yeah. belt looks like. If he is one. I don't know. <laughs> um, but let's go with... I'm going Machida, first round, triangle. Um, next fight is, I think it's, well, if I could get to the, I'm trying to do all this on my phone. It, yes, it is. Phil Davis and Ryan Bader. You know, this one's a tough one to call. So without getting too much into styles and how it makes the matchup, I'm just going to say Phil Davis. Um, I want to go with a submission. Wow. Okay. Third round. Okay, so before Bader's... Round. I'm changing that to second round. Second round submission, but you're not calling yeah, which submission. I don't know so what, you can't get yeah. a point for that. No, I'll get a point. I just won't get two points. Yeah, that's what I mean. If, no. You, you won't get an extra point because you're not calling anything. Like, you can only get two possible points. You can't get a third. And you can't get the bonus point. All right, I'm going to say figure four leg lock. <laughs> That's very likely. Uh, Phil Davis is famous for his figure four. He's a wrestler, right? Um, if, if this would have happened before Bader's last fight, I would have been all over Phil Davis. But I got to tell you... The ferocity that I saw Ryan oh. Bader have his uh-huh. last fight, it made a believer out of me and made, call me crazy, but I saw a fire in him that I hadn't seen, and his ground and pound was so incredibly vicious. It was mean. It was, it was awesome. And so I'm going to think we're going to see some of that, and uh, he will get redemption for his loss to Tito Ortiz, because that'll always stick in my mind. I know it's been five years, but Ryan Bader, that 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 he still needs to redeem himself for that over and over again, and he'll need to do it next fight. So I'm going to say he gets a partial redemption for Tito Ortiz's loss, um, with a win, and I'm going to say I'm going to say he. Gets a decision. I'm gonna say he's gonna get on. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. Well, I'll say this: if it does go five rounds, I would be leaning towards Bader because Phil Davis himself said he doesn't have five rounds in him. He didn't train train for five rounds. Hmm. That either somebody's getting knocked out or submitted. Well, then we'll we'll see. Uh, Taking us to the pay-per-view card, we have Zach Freeman versus the Bellator golden boy, Aaron Pico. 
Yeah, this one's a tough one for me. I, I, I like both of their attitudes, but Freeman is, he's a blue-collar guy, and he was a little miffed that there was no promo for him. And you know what? I shouldn't even say that. He took it all in stride. He just casually pointed that out um, in his post-weigh-in interview. So I, I, I feel like obviously Bellator really wants Pico to succeed because they're putting a lot into him, a lot of stock with, uh, with the promotions. And I, just, I feel like Zach Freeman is sitting back in the shadows and just waiting for his time. And, and I, I feel like this will be it on Saturday night for him. So I'm going to say, it's hard for me to say what is going to happen, like the how he's going to get the W, but I'll say uh, he'll outpoint him. Distance, I, I decision. Wonder, I wonder if we're going to agree on any. I'm I'm going to take the bait and the hype. You look at this guy's pedigree. It's it's pretty impressive. He has a freestyle wrestling. Um, recently, he's Olympic level freestyle wrestling. Um, he has a lot of boxing pedigree mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well, and he he's he's a beast. And so I'm going to take this 20-year-old beast and I'm going to ride on his coattails to uh, to superstardom in MMA. I'm going to say he's going to get a second round ground and pound stoppage. You know, everything that you said about him, about Pico, I agree with you 100%. His his pedigree, you know, his, his, he's got a solid work ethic. Um, I just, I feel like Freeman has got more to lose than Pico has more to prove. Because, well, see, here's the thing. When you get into the cage, if someone's a lot better than you, that's an uphill climb. If someone has more skill, more talent, more ability, more athletic athleticism, more uh, just skill set. This is his pro debut. Correct, Pico. but he has a lot of... I mean, he's in combat sports, in multiple sports, at very high levels. Sure. But I'm just looking at the the little bit of information, the background that we learned from Freeman himself when he talked at the press conference, and that he's got a day job, and when he was done with that, he's, he's an 8-4 to four guy, 9-5, to five, and then he comes, he doesn't even go home, he goes straight to the gym, and he puts in another 4, 5, sometimes 6 hours, and this is daily, and he made the comment that he is the only one up there who has a has a day job? The guy's dedicated to the sport and his craft. And and what's his record? I don't I mean, know. I I thought that he was ten and zero. No. You're uh, you've been drinking. Who am, I, who am I thinking of? I don't know, but, but not him. I'll check it out. 
for you while you're... So, going back to what I said before, I think he's got a lot more to lose than Pico has to prove. Um, Because this is on a big stage, the biggest Bellator stage ever. And if he can shine, not only in New York, but on the main card against the Golden Boy that, you know, Bellator's chosen one right now. He's 8-2. and 8-2. and two. Okay, so he's got 10 fights under his belt. Yep. Um, and his last one was a unanimous decision loss in September. And then he hadn't fought before that since March of 15, so that mm-hmm. was a year and a half in between there. And then he's lost two of his last three. Okay. So... So, I mean, is he a good story? Is he someone you you if you if he won that would make for a good story and easy to root for? Yes. Is that likely to happen? I don't think. I think that the that the skill level, the you know, the training. I mean, I don't know where Zach Freeman uh what fight camp he's in. And I'm trying to look it up on my phone. He he is in St. Charles MMA, and there's a difference when you're at a place like St. Charles MMA and when you're in a major fight camp. And I, I just think all those things add up to um, a loss for Zach Freeman. Again, I it's it's hard for me to disagree with what you're saying, but so I guess you're going on emotion, and I I I applaud you, and you're going to be disappointed. Next, well, not to. I mean, if he if he loses, I'll be happy for for Pico. Pico making his debut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Douglas Lima versus Lorenz Larkin for the welterweight belt. Lorenz Larkin walks into Bellator with a title shot. Yeah. How does that make Lima feel? Makes him feel like, like who's this guy? Like, like they're bringing him in here. To be the new champion. And ultimately, I think for Bellator, having Lima win is their best their best result. Because you bring a guy in from the UFC who's a mid-tier, second-tier kind of fighter. And he walks in and beats your champion. I don't think that makes the division look good. I don't think it makes uh, Lima look good. And so I'm going to pick... Douglas Lima to pull off. I would, would that be a mild upset? Would that, I mean, what, what are the odds on that? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't bet. But I'm going to say that Larkin might be even money. But I'm going to take Lima at, to defend his belt with a fourth round Choke, hmm. or does he get an arm? No, I'm gonna. He's gonna go for a rear naked, rear naked Douglas Douglas Lima fourth round. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna agree with you on the. Uh, I can't, I can't. We cannot agree. I'm gonna go the other way with Larkin, <laughs> and I'm gonna go with. 
I'll say third round submission. You can't just say submission. You gotta say what? Well, I've already used figure four leg lock. Um, pile driver. But then that would be a TKO. So I'm gonna say, uh, I may have to come back to this because I'm leaning towards the choke. See, I'm looking at... I'm looking at um, Lima, and I'm looking at his wins, and he doesn't have m many submissions recently. So I'm going to say he's due for that choke in the fourth round. Yeah, I'm liking it, man. I'm liking it. Okay, you you took Larkin when? I'm taking Larkin. TKO? No, I said submission, and I'm going to... Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to... So... He's going to get his first submission and... No, I'm going to uh, change that. Because I was going to go with Lima... For submission, I'm gonna say he gets TKO. TKO. Yeah, we'll go say third round TKO. All right, let me see Larkin here. He has he has no submission wins ever. So I'm gonna say you you did a good job of changing your pick. Um. And I was just guessing that he didn't have submission wins, but that's actually true. That's crazy. He has twenty or eighteen wins, and he's never like got someone to a point where they were stunned, and he could just sink in a choke or something. That's that's crazy. Anyway, um, moving on, we have the second title fight of the evening. And that will be... Well, where, where did my list go? I don't know. Oh, there it is. Michael Chandler and Brent Primus. Um, this is for the lightweight fight. One note I wanted to note. They both weighed in right around a pound under the limit. So, I found that kind of odd that two guys that cut weight to make 155 would both be a, about a pound or, or one was 154.2 one was 153.8 and so um, they were both right around a pound um, under the limit so Michael Chandler Brent Primus Primus that too I'm gonna go with Chandler I agree I'm yeah. gonna say Chandler will get will get will stun him, get him on the ground, ground and pound, sinking a choke. I'm gonna go rear naked, Michael Chandler. Fairly early, I'm gonna say uh, second round. I was leaning towards um, third round.
Okay. Yeah. That made for good, good podcast listening. I'm gonna go third round knockout. Third round knockout. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the co-main event: Fedor Emelianenko, whose name I almost mispronounced, even though I very well know it when I was interviewing Matt Mitrione. Um, versus the man I just said, Matt Mitrione. You've already said you're taking Fedor, and I've already said I'm taking Mitrione. I'm going to take Mitrione. Now, this is only a three-round fight. I'm going to take Mitrione in a decision. Hmm. I don't think... I'm not saying that he would be, he would be embarrassed, but he would, wouldn't be happy with his performance if he if he lost by decision. I'm talking about Fedor. So I'm going to say, initially when you and I talked, I, I said Fedor and I said that he was going to win by submission. But I just, I just think that he doesn't want to win by s- submission. Unless it's... I disagree. I think he wants to win. Okay. Well, I don't think he cares how he wins. Okay, maybe I'm not saying that right, or you're just not smart enough to understand hmm. the words coming out of my mouth. I think that you're probably not saying it right, then. Because yeah. I'm pretty smart, and I'm pretty amazing. Devastatingly handsome. You did. I will give you this. You did have to... You were a coach tonight, weren't you? I was a coach. You were a coach. I did. You did well. I mean, when you have to a coach an announcer... How to announce. You know you're good. Okay. So, I'll give you that. But that's all I'm giving you. Okay? Well, I, I didn't ask for it. Um, okay, so I take it back then. Good, because I didn't want it. So, I'm going with uh, Fedor and a, a knockout. Hmm. What round, brother? What round? I'm going with first. First round. Okay, yeah. good. Good. You you think a lot of Matt Mitrione. I'm going to make sure. I no, I'm not taking anything. Away no, from him. no, you are. You are. Chel well, Sonnen. You're right. right. Chel Sonnen and Vanderlei Silva. They're both old guys. Well, you should. So you as should. long as they can make it up the steps into the ring, yeah, they both got a chance. At it's that not point. a ring. It's a cage. Yeah. It's a circular square. Mm, squared circle. Squared circle. Mm. Could it be a squared circle? No. Because that's a ring. Because it's a wrestling ring, and wrestling is generally a circle. So they called the wrestling square a squared circle. Squared circle. Because it's wrestling. Uh-huh. That's where that came from. But it's in the cage. Not an octagon. Twice. Twice. Chael Sonnen versus Vanderlei Silva. Yes. I agree. I'm taking Chel Sonnen via third round ground and pound stoppage. Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, with Chel also. I just don't know about the outcome. I I. I truly believe now that it is bad blood on both sides and not playing it up by Chael. I don't think he really cares. I think he does. Or else he, he wouldn't have 
He would have ended up with kidney stones. Um, so I'm going to go... I'm going to go with knockout also. I just I don't see it going that what long. round? Though. I'm going to say first. First round Chael yeah. knockout? TKO? Yeah, these are 40-year-old guys. And... Chill doesn't try. You think ground and pound, or you think t- like well, standing? Well, I mean, KO, TKO. But are you talking ground and pound, or are you talking standing? He knocks him down, and and or he goes like there's a difference. Um, I'll say ground and pound. So you're picking the same thing as me, but the first round versus third round. Yeah. Okay. That wraps us up, Jim. Finally, we pulled some picks out of him. It only took us. 15 minutes per pick, but we got him out of him. I'm sorry for those. Uh, I apologize on behalf of Wait, MMA change, fan let me cast. Change something. Oh my goodness. Yeah, never mind. I'm good. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why you don't have an elderly woman on a podcast. On behalf of the entire crew of MMA fan cast and Octagon 24 7, this is Ryan Middleton signing off. Wishing you a very, very happy Bellator NYC and Bellator 180 night of viewing on Saturday night. We will be posting more and go to Octagon247.com and like this podcast and subscribe to this podcast and do all the things you're supposed to do as a fan of us. And that being said, God bless. Hey, can we have you do one thing before you go? Uh, we have a podcast called MMA Fancast. Yep, yep. Can you say hi? This is Mike Goldberg. You're listening to... Oh, actually, if you could do our intro. Okay. So what I do on the intro is I use like the old wrestling, like 80s wrestling voice. Like, you're watching MMA. Join us right now for MMA Fancast. So could you say, this is Mike Goldberg. Join us right now for MMA Fancast with that like raspy yeah. voice. MMA fan, MMA fan cast, MMA fan cast. Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA. You are MMA, MMA fan cast. Say that again. You want MMA fan? So join like, us. This join is Mike Goldberg. Right now, like join on us the right now. Join us right, right now for on MMA, MMA fan cast. on MMA fan cast. Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA. The MMA and MMA, <laughs> oh. Bellator MMA on Spike. Join us now. For MMA fan cast. Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA on Spike. Join us right now for MMA fan cast. Bah! Fan cast. <laughs> you want me to hold? You can yeah, that only make it easier. We're only going to use the audio. Yeah. Oh, so I know. You can you yeah. can look at the mic when you Perfect. get to that. Perfect. Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA on Spike. Join us right now for MMA fan cast. That is perfect. Thank you, brother. You're welcome. So, so nice to...